so like bad. dad like dad gum who gave them dad gum wow. niggers if you hear those those things together just leave hmm. don't no. don't make a speech don't make a speech just leave you are outnumbered if they felt comfortable enough to say dad gum and then chase it with niggers got it you might have a fighting chance if they said colored folks But uh, if a dad gum is followed by niggers, that's trouble. Good evening, everyone. I'm your host, Jason Miles, and welcome to another episode of This is Revolution Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Before we start, if you're new to the channel, please hit subscribe. Don't forget to hit that notification bell so you are alerted whenever we go live. We're constantly adding cross streams with other channels and adding new shows and even revamping old ones. Speaking of new shows, my appearance on Sublation Media's Fatal Dates is up. Uh, Susie Kleeman and I take a very deep dive in discussions about love, relationships, and dating in the digital world. It was a very personal and moving conversation, and I'm sure some of the people that already watched it will have some questions or comments. We will get to those in the champagne room after the show. MT, you know what time it mm. is. Is it New York merch pitch time? It's New York merch time. And better than that, right. we have new stuff new for you. Stuff. Merch. Yes. All right. Are you ready? There Here we are. Okay. I'm leaving the screen, so be entertaining for a minute. Brand new Bitter Lake hoodie colorway. We got the gold and the red. I don't know what that symbolizes. Jason will tell me later. And we have the black and white classics. That's right. We got we got mugs. We got t-shirts. All of this matches your Tim's. Very important. Matches your North Face bubble jacket. We got snapbacks. Snapping. Come on. You got to get those. Let's see. And we got a pullover. And we have hoodies. Hoodies are the closest you can get to being at home without being at home. Got to cop that. Merch pitch, 
over. Jason, stop eating tacos. We know you're in Mexico. We get it. <laughs> oh my gosh. What is he even doing? All right. We got Anglo pessimism. That definitely matches your Tim's. You can get this stuff in different colorways, too. Check out the website. All kinds of different selections. Got Pascal smiling on a mug and a mouse pad. Unbelievable. Also on a t-shirt. Even his mom doesn't have that. Sorry. I uh, I had to go. I had a phone call. Uh, I thought you were peeing in a bottle. No, I would use my bathroom. It's actually uh, very close to me. <laughs> and, uh, even on tour, I didn't pee in bottles. Did you know? Really? I I'm I'm totally frightened to pee in bottles. I driving to Mexico, I had to pee, and I got stuck in crazy traffic moving down here for the first time. And I had an empty cup of coffee, and I was scared that if I took my junk out to pee, someone would see me and think I was doing something lewd instead of peeing in this cup. Oh, wow. So I was trying to like sneak peas throughout my drive. It was a very sneak uh, peas. A sneaky pee. It was a sneaky, sneaky pee drive. Sneaky pee. Uh, speaking of sneaky peas, <laughs> learning so much about you today. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to all the patrons and YouTube and Twitch subscribers. We really appreciate you guys. You guys are the oh-so-important cogs of the DIR machine. If you'd like to be a part of what we do here, if you'd like to join us for our call-in segment later tonight, we're going to do calls. I asked MT, I said, MT, should we do the calls tonight? She goes, the people want to speak. Yep. And so uh, I was like, okay, let's do calls. So after the show, we're going to the champagne room. We'll be taking your calls. There's only one way to be part of the call-in segment, to be part of all the champagne rooms past and present. Become a patron for as little as $3 a month or $30 for the year. The access to that can all be yours. And lastly, before I bring in this very large group of people to talk about the year's events, I want to remind everybody that one of the best presents you can get someone is tickets to the Give Them a Revolution live show. Featuring the cast of TIR, give them an argument, left reckoning, and a bunch of other people as well. Will Pascal Robert be there? Will Kuba be there dressed like Dran Moth Tarkin? Will MT be there walking around in a luchador mask? I don't know. I don't know. Will Gene Bajlan be there just being fucking Gene Bajlan with a goddamn ponytail? I don't know. Mm-hmm. January 22nd, The Cutting Room, wherever you are watching or listening to this show, there are links in the description. And as I say this, the trusted producer of this show, Empty Tassant, is putting links in the chat as we speak. Speaking of links, the strongest link in the TIR chain is my co-host, my homie, my dog, the man of the Mau Mau Hour, whose birthday is coming up, the Pascal Robert. 
Peace and greetings to the chat. Peace and greetings to the audience. Peace and greetings, Jason Mild. What's with the birthday talk, man? I'm hearing a lot about that. What's going on with that? Because we want to make sure that everyone knows that we're going to do a birthday extravaganza for you. There's going to be guest people coming in throughout the day to say happy birthday. And uh, it's as close as we can get to having like a, uh, a TV show style birthday for you. Okay. Is that okay? I mean, if you want, we could go back to talking about sneaky peas. <laughs> yeah. You, ain't like you niggas did shit for my birthday. <laughs> Speaking of Pascal, sneaky peas. Yeah, sneaky peas. <laughs> <laughs> and let's bring in the man that never pees. He's everyone's favorite uh, middle manager on the Death Star. And just Ewoks are still frightened of this guy. Is he going to be in New York? Deep State Cuba. Hello, everyone. The key is in every village you go to, you let one Ewok go. Ah. That way, he tells the others. Let my Ewoks go. Mm. <laughs> And lastly, from the TIR crew, she is the faceless, headless voice of reason. Is she an AI that Pascal and I created? Maybe. Recently, she was I on Derek Barn. Was that just I mean, me, Pascal? You would create an AI announcer that would just immediately unionize. <laughs> <laughs> that that is that seems like a very Jason Pascal product of TIR type um, type situation. Steve says he'll pay $500 to have Umar Johnson come to the New York show. Steve got money. He's just showing off. Look, Steve, I would go do a show in Philly and have Umar Johnson be there. I would love... You don't understand. the yeah, Fuck him. What's he going to do? Outbeard me? What's he going to do? Why'd you get... Coming for you, nigga! <laughs> <laughs> it's too early for that. <laughs> Even yeah. Pascal knows Umar's not going to do a goddamn thing. Why? We're not trying to get into any problems with Brother Wait. Umar, Comrade Wait. Umar. You you speak for yourself. I'm I'm trying to start. I feel like there's some backstory I'm missing, um, but I'm also afraid to find out what it is. No, this yeah, this is this is. You know how those shirts in the 90s, like it's a black thing you wouldn't understand? There's some things you just don't want to know. This is like, this is a black thing you don't want to know about. It. You don't want to know. <laughs> like, 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 yeah, I mean, you can literally say right now, you people keep that shit over there. I won't. <laughs> oh my God. But I suppose I could. <laughs> I mean, the, the thing is, like, um, basically every cultural group has it. Um, I'm sure there's a Polish Umar. Oh yeah, um, like yeah, there's the stuff that you know we don't really want um, outsiders to pay too much attention to, mm -hmm. and we got to mm -hmm. sort out ourselves. Mm -hmm. But we can just switch to Polish, right? Mm -hmm. No, nobody needs to know, right? Like perfect code. But you guys are stuck with English. Not only that, people want to make sick sitcoms out of our stuff. Ooh. Yeah, double-edged sword. Well, let um, me bring in. Let me bring. They in, want to make uh, Polish jokes whoa, 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 about whoa. us. And that's basically it. Let's let's burst. We got we have like nine other Hang people on. we got bring. Y'all stepped on my intro. Thanks they a lot. 
Hold on, let me hold on, MT. You didn't get this, MT. Thank you. I am here. Now Don't gender me. Because you're an AI. Let's bring AI. in my favorite Vikings fan. I can say this with 89% certainty. This is my favorite Vikings fan. I texted this man the other day. I got to talk football with him, which was kind of a joy. Please welcome from Pod Damn America. Wait a minute. Because Pascal's been saying the wrong show all day. That's the right one, right? Pod Damn. Nod your head. Nod your head. Okay, Anders, this is the right one because Pod's been saying Pascal's been saying the wrong show. Please welcome Anders Lee. Hey. Anders Lee here. He's been saying Pod save the whole time. Yeah, that's a common occurrence when I tell people what podcast I do. Uh, they say, oh, I've heard of that. And nine times out of ten, they think, Pod Save America. And then they hear yours and you're like, oh, they're, they're a little edgier than I thought. A little bit edgier. That's right. That's By the way, I'm, I'm so honored to beat out um, Taylor Hawkins and I, I guess Prince as your favorite <laughs> Vikings fan. That's li- Living. Living. Okay. Yeah. Who else got? Josh Dumal. Oh yeah. Well, isn't he from Minot? Uh, yeah, but I, I think he's a Vikings fan. Oh, okay. I was gonna say. And why do I know he's from Minot? Right. That's weird. I don't know why you know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but my North Dakota history, right? Yeah. And in town. Sure. I like the way you said town for that whole state because that's a hundred percent right. <laughs> that whole state is a good town. And last but not least, funny woman, Naomi Caravani. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much. Um, I'm so excited for all the talk about Vikings. Um, I haven't really heard enough. I hope we get into some deep analysis. We can talk about the individual players. And uh, Kirk Cousins, what, how do you feel store? about Kirk Cousins? Oh, oh shit. you over here trying to start. <laughs> when we run out of um, that material, we can just pivot to the Northman movie. And, uh, yeah, that's like the entire that I could talk about. That I could talk room. about. <laughs> uh, no lie, my uh, my dad, the original Vikings fan, I have a joke about he is literally the, the Vikings logo. Uh, he's Ben, he predates the team. He remembers when they started and was a fan since day one. He was offended by the Northman because he thought <laughs> there was not enough nuance into the way our people were portrayed. Is he from northern Minnesota? He's from, like, western Minnesota, yeah. Okay, where those people wear those weird beanies and, and talk like garbledy gook and eat a lot of seafood? That's right. Uh, <laughs> seafood, wait, seafood is a, different, is a new one. I haven't heard about seafood in Minnesota. What is that oh, show? like Lutefisk. Yes, Lutefisk. yes, yes. Oh, Lutefisk. Yeah. yeah. Not the rapper. Lutefisk? Not, Not the rapper. God, it is a real missed opportunity for every northern rapper. European country has a <laughs> disgusting fish thing. And Lutefisk is the Scandinavian one. That's right. It, is it uh, the worst of fermented fish? Yeah. It smells really bad. <laughs> Uh, Naomi sounds like she has such fond memories of eating this stuff. <laughs> yeah. I actually haven't tried it. I'm I'm up to it. Don't. I mean, it can't be that different from cafelta fish. 
right? Oh no, gefilte also. fish. It's like a, like it's like a matzo ball in disguise. It's not anything. <laughs> wow. It's not anything offensive. I've it's three matzo balls in the trench coat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> With the Icelanders, it's actually a shark that you kill and that you just bury on a beach for a week. Mm. Um, sharks don't pee. So the uric acid um, that's uh, left in their circulatory I system knew we were kill them. eventually getting to this, yes. Well, now <laughs> yeah. you see why Cuba uh, was, is a ladies' man. Delightful <laughs> at dinner parties. Yeah, you know what we're eating today actually is a uh, shark pee. Oh, <laughs> have I told you? Uh, have I told you all about hyena rape? It's a fascinating <laughs> topic. Really, Whoa. really upend some gender expectations. Wait, well, let me go. Trying to leave his body. <laughs> I. I'm like I don't know about that. The female rapes the male. <laughs> right oh. about the dolphins. Well, okay, look. Before Cuba goes on a 18-minute tirade about hyena sex patterns, oh. <laughs> why do you sound upset about that? Like, oh, I was I was hoping for it. Yeah, I was looking forward to it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Then in the champagne room, Cuba, you have okay. full room to open up the champagne room with your oh, hyena man. rape diatribe it's not a diatribe it's more of a, a mini lecture <laughs> i'm like I, I have nothing i'm don't have an anti-hyena agenda you know? <laughs> well let's hear what they do first yeah <laughs> maybe we, we should to, we need to hear from witnesses we need, need to do an investigation i've already issued the subpoenas yeah <laughs> the super hyenas uh, <laughs> mm. God, I hate be, myself for saying that. This is going to be a pun off. Are we going to have a pun off? That one was right up my alley. I it was <laughs> so many puns. So much has happened in twenty. Somebody had to say it. Someone it didn't had. have to be you. It didn't have to be you. Okay. <laughs> We've got straight up morning zoo crew sound effects here. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll but hold with, in the buns. But with Do you have the, like the boing sound? Just this. We're coming for you, nigga! <laughs> <Just> oh. <laughs> that's, that's as close as we get. <laughs> so early. Hard pivot to Ukraine. Uh, <laughs> can we hear can we learn about the uh the hyena <laughs> intercourse forced intercourse i don't want to drop an r trigger anybody with the r word but <laughs> don't kubi we got to keep it behind a paywall man yeah you know okay don't give it away for free we can't give away hyena rate for free anders is over here giving all the game out for free yeah, that's Anders, me. Can't go around putting your dick on a dinner table all the time. I mean, when you when you have this much game, it's hard not to. <laughs> exactly. Oh now, boy! As I, as, I, <laughs> as as I was, I don't even want to read it anymore. 
Uh, Pascal, Brittany Griner. <laughs> yeah. I worked all along. I've fucking been sitting here with Ben and working on this whole thing to be all smart and cute. Fuck that. You guys just shot me right into testicles with that one. <laughs> so we uh, we were talking, Pascal, the other day about political prisoners. And one of the bigger stories of the year was Brittany Griner being arrested in Russia for marijuana. And she got, what, a nine-year sentence was the original sentence? Correct. And she was recently traded for a Russian political prisoner. And the number one draft pick. Yeah. Of course. Victor Bouch. Right. And, and, and how many points did he average? <laughs> it wasn't even fair. Four rings. <laughs> I'm about to just leave. You guys are too much. Uh, Pascal, we were talking about the idea that it's easy to free these political prisoners because we still have Mumia Buljumal behind bars, Leonard Peltier, and a host of others. So, what is your take? We'll start off with you on political prisoners. I mean, I think that political prisoners free them all, free every single one of them. They all should be free. That's my position on all of them. But again, I'm not opposed to the idea that uh, Brittany Griner should be freed either. I mean, I think the idea of having someone serve nine years for something like, I think she had like less than seven grams of uh, of uh, marijuana on her in, in her possession at the time. and have I think it was a vape. Cartridge. It was a vape vape yeah. cartridge, right? That's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's he some said it speculation. Was enough to sell. There's some speculation that it was planted on her. I don't know. I mean, I, I think that. that not, but... Yeah, I mean, she I'm should not... be able to fly with it. I think that um, if you're looking to arrest an American traveling into Russia for marijuana possession, you don't need to plant anything. You just have <laughs> yeah. to wait. Somebody's going to yeah. do it. Yeah. And they got really lucky with the WNBA players. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing is, though, she was actually playing. She would fly to Russia to actually play part-time mm -hmm. to plant the, 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 the lack of money she was making playing for the WNBA. But at the same time, I think that picking her was a strategic move on the part of the Russians because they realized that she was a kind of high-profile individual so they'd probably be able to get a uh, a, a trade a trade a, a high ranking trade for her. But <clears throat> what I found fascinating about the whole Brittany Griner thing is that all of a sudden, everyone people who never talked about trading political prisoners before became mm -hmm. experts about political prisoners and their trading after <laughs> she was the one that was that that was chosen. And it's interesting how all of a sudden everyone, particularly certain members in, in uh, various communities are saying how it was an inappropriate exchange. And and I, I don't necessarily agree with that because that depends on what kind of political traction the Biden administration gets out of the trade. I think that in if, if his goal is to shore up his bona fides even more with particularly segments of the black female community who would who seems to be the constituency he likes to 
verbally lean on on having his back for a variety of reasons, that it makes sense to en- to engage in this trade because I'll admit there were many black women in the media who were saying, you know, free Britney Griner, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Also, it's it'll do well with certain segments of the black community as well overall. <laughs> but at the same time, there are many, I think, hardcore right-wingers as well as others who are saying that uh, trading her for, you know, the, the, the merchant of death, if you will, was was such an in, uh, you know a lack of uh, parity in terms of value. I'm not an expert in terms of international trade of of prison political prisoners. Maybe Cuba has more information on that. But I think that for me, the question is, what kind of political traction is Biden getting out of it? I heard a very interesting al- analysis from Jackie Lukman. Actually, she was saying that this was the perfect distraction for Biden from the railway tragedy of cutting the. Uh, the request of the railways for the seven days off that he kind of put the kibosh on as well, which was interesting because it did kind of take away the conversation from that subject matter. So I'm, I'm interested in what you guys think. About. I, I, I did want to ask about that. Does this, is this also try, kind of a way to make one kind of big political move in uh, a presidency so far that some people might even call a quote unquote lame duck presidency, whatever, whatever that means. Um, like how big is the railway strike in the grand scheme of things? Because I think we forget that Reagan crushed the air traffic controllers union and won a second term with a landslide victory. So before we act like that many people care about railway workers, when not that many people ride on trains and understand the importance of rail in uh logistics supply chains supply mm-hmm. chains thank you um really is this more of just a media move for the democratic party and i'll take my answer off here naomi well i think that if Brittany grenner didn't come home it would just look like a huge failure they you know the cries for help for her were not going to die down at any point and uh I mean, when it comes to parity in prisoner swaps, I know, I mean, if you look at like Israeli-Palestinian examples, like Palestinians or Hamas will take like one or two Israeli soldiers and get like 50 prisoners in return. So I I, I really think nobody's thinking about parity when it comes to prisoner swaps. They're just seeing how hard that they they can negotiate with different depending on the prisoner they have, you know. Can I say also, I she is a, apparently a two-time Olympic gold medal winner. We don't really think about that in the U.S. That might have a lot more cachet elsewhere. Oh, yeah. So it might be a lot more important in, in, in other circles. She did yeah, represent I don't, the country. Yeah, I don't think, yeah, I don't think at any point, like... If Brittany Griner was still in Russia, we would it would just be a bigger and bigger campaign. Like it was just never going to go away. Mm-hmm. And I think Biden had to do something. Like I think his hand was forced, in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What What strikes me is that because I remember um, before I think this, this began over the summer, right? That she got uh, detained. Um, the offer was on the table. The offer never really changed, as far as I'm aware. Victor Boot for Griner. That's what Russia wanted. And that's what they got. They just kind of waited them out. Um, and I think, you know, had a lot to do with the midterms, probably. Biden wanted to make sure to 
to wait till that was over to to give them what they were already asking for because that obviously would have looked bad yeah. to you know r be running trying to make Ukraine Russia a campaign issue um, debatably not that successfully and then you know kind of compromising with Russia on this point wouldn't have been a good good look for him uh, politically so I yeah I think it was the timing was political for sure one thing that I've heard in more right-wing circles is that um, uh, Whelan was never on the table. The Russians were not interested in surrendering him. That's the Marine? And, yes. The Marine who was... Uh, Paul Whelan, the Marine spy. He's, yeah, suspected of spying, or you're pretty sure he was a spy? Oh, def oh yeah, he was definitely a spy. Um, nope. Not a very he good one. You would know. But, yeah, but Whoa, um, they don't make fired. them like they used to. <laughs> but um, the, not no James Bond. Call yeah. that spying? Yeah, like not even a Jim Bond. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, the Russian press is already turning this into. Uh, they they had planned for this exchange, and they also planned on how to take advantage of it from a propaganda perspective. So um, the line about the prisoner exchange was that the Americans had a choice and they chose the black lesbian woman, drug addict is how they frame it, over the white male Christian patriot. Mm. And not only is it circulating in Russia where this is really helps kind of shore up that conservative nationalist bona fides um, for Putin, but it's already made it to the American right. The yes, that's true. clips from Russian media are going around, you know, um, Paul Whelan had three problems. <laughs> he was male, he was white, and he was straight. And, cool, but um, like, you just hit a very interesting point I want to follow through on. Jason Whitlock, of, well, I don't know if you guys know who he is. He's an African-American conservative sports pundit and, and uh, radio personality, rather rather noxious individual, actually had a clip of a Russian talk show where they were talking about the uh, the release of Brittany Griner and how Whelan was left behind. Not to mention that Whelan was dishonorably discharged for stealing money I think from Iraq, he has four passports. So what country is going to negotiate for him to be released? And they were making it seem like, yes, America is a weak country. Look at the kind of people that they want to release. Lesbian, black woman, tall with tattoos. And, you know, it was kind of like this very, very <laughs> kind of just very, very, very uh, patronizing, demeaning uh, depiction. And they were playing up on a lot of the... Uh, culture war politics that have really arisen not only so much in the United States, but in Eastern Europe and in Europe overall around issues of sexual orientation, a race, so on and so forth. So that it's it's a very interesting way in which they match they meshed all that discourse into that kind of reactionary politics at this particular moment where that politics is becoming ascendant in certain parts of Europe. Yeah, in fact, there was there was an interview with Victor Bout right after he got out of prison that that clip was circulating and 
as if he had experience in America, he was saying like, yeah, they're teaching children that they can have two moms or two dads. <laughs> it's like you were in prison this whole time. You didn't see anything. But he, <laughs> yeah, that clip the was Christian good. values. I was like, when are you going to Orthodox Church? Victor, Maybe. <laughs> Maybe he it was he was in one of those prisons where your cellmate is Dinesh D'Souza or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I saw in uh, Utah was it a jazz game? She got booed, like they mentioned Brittany Griner and the, really? I think it was half booed, half half booze, half. Uh, was it cheers. a bunch of Russians there or something? Yeah. Or it's I think just it, like. Mm-hmm. She's or is Utah now. that racist? I mean, let's be honest. The only yeah, I think it, there were the Jazz. Yeah, I think that's it. Honestly, uh, yeah, like you said, the, the optics have already the the talking points have already trickled over to America's right wing. That's interesting. Speaking of America's right wing, let's talk about this war in Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard anything about it. I know, I know it's it been all quiet. Touch my life at all. <laughs> it's been very quiet. In the in the news and pundit sphere, yeah, but uh, well, yeah, mm-hmm. it has quieted down a bit. And I, mm-hmm. I, I uh, I'm very curious because yeah, we were both. <laughs> I, I'm hesitant to say personally impacted because there's so many people with more serious. Yeah, we problems were refugees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, what do we have like to look? Cuba, what do we have? From had to leave DC, go back to New York, right? <laughs> Flee back to homeland. Well, Kuba, what do we have to look forward to with the with the Russia with the Russia and Ukraine? Will China get involved? Will the U.S. try to broker peace? And also, what about Somalia? Is Africa forever the redheaded stepchild of Western and Far East powers? Well, um, Russia announced a partial mobilization after the uh, Kharkiv offensive. Um, on top of its annual intake of um, conscripts. So um, for months, they've been building up um, significant manpower reserve, uh, as well as uh, restoring frontline units to operational maximums. And there's uh, too much at stake for you know this to be it. Right. This to be the outcome of the fighting and um, the cocky Ukrainians uh, doing an end zone dance for the next 20 years. Um, if it were absolutely necessary, if they were out of manpower, then um, Russia might accept that outcome. But um, they have another shot. There will be at least one more Russian offensive to try to take back um the territory that they gave up and um, apply enough pressure to impose a, a more favorable peace. So uh, I, I don't see this conflict um, ending before next summer. Um, and that's kind of the most optimistic scenario. Uh, I don't know if a potential Russian offensive could be successful. Uh, I mean, the Ukrainian military significantly overperformed my expectations. Um, so I can't call it. Um, the But after it's launched, they'll have to be 
uh, enough of a resolution so that both sides know if um, it has potential or if it's a failure. And that'll take months. Um, but even then, um, it could be inconclusive and this conflict could uh, grind on for a long time. The world economy is already adjusting uh, essential commodities that uh, Ukraine produces like wheat for the Middle East. Uh, deals are being brokered um, in order to you know keep the spice flowing even while the conflict rages. So um, you mentioned Somalia. I well, did mention Pascal and I did a what, show about What I'm Somalia. saying yeah. is that like Somalia once upon a time was front page news. Mm-hmm. Uh, people got tired. People got bored, got far away. The U.S. got less involved, withdrew. Um, there's no guarantee that um, Ukraine ends up the same way, that the maybe the conflict simmers down um, as it was, you know, basically the status quo since 2014. It's not really peace with um, Russia and the Donbass, but it's not war, war. Um, it might settle back into that kind of pattern too. Does it, does it become one of those things kind of like Somalia? I mean, the U S still has some involvement in Somalia and yes, it, become uh, I one mean, of those... the, it bombs Somalia and special yeah. forces go in and out. Does it become one of those things where it becomes a career builder for certain military personnel, much like Afghanistan? What could the Ukraine be something somewhat similar or is there, is the involvement to proxy? No, there, there's definitely careers being made on this. Um, because special forces, training commands, um, the logistics um, and intelligence, those branches, those specializations all have their own generals. Mm-hmm. And those guys have um, all their fingers in the Ukraine. Um, it's just unit commanders that um, in the conventional forces the, um, and the Air Force sort of uh, hanging back but yes careers definitely will be made on this um think about the figure that um uh, volodymyr zelensky has become uh, yeah practically a, a kind of king arthur out of being this kind of pathetic um hapless uh, celebrity turned politician uh, at the beginning of the war and we'll see that um We'll see as they start retiring uh, a whole bunch of generals writing memoirs and claiming credit. Ooh, ooh, because their fingers are in it. Exactly. And, um, you know, <gasps> some of them will, uh, like Wesley Clark, right, or Col- uh, Colin Powell, you know, some of them will turn political, some of them will, um, you know, all of the board seats on Raytheon, right, like um, Lockheed Martin. Um, there'll probably be at least one sort of late in life actor just looking at the stats. But um, the, yeah, this is in a lot of ways, the military has turned into a more central institution um, now than it was um, in the nineties or um, even for some of the, the last years of the global war on terror. Jesus. Interesting. Because I've been really having a hard time um, trying to tell who's winning. Because uh, here, the, the 
line in mainstream media seems to be that like oh Russia really underestimated the Ukrainians. It's not going well, getting ugly. But then I hear from other people on the left who are like, "There's no way Ukraine is going to pull this out," and it just it kind of that that's been kind of the theme and throughout the whole conflict. Yeah, right. It's uh, they mm-hmm. it turns yeah it seems like it's it's going to be a stalemate for the foreseeable future, which is what uh, what the U.S. wants. I. I surmise, but um, it's just interesting how much of a cognitive dissonance there's been throughout this whole conflict, you know, from the beginning where uh, a lot of the voices I listened to um, said that there's no way this is going to happen. And this is, you know, in some ways, the first egg on the face of um, a lot of anti-imperialist critics, I think, since like the Gulf War, when everybody thought it was going to be this massive uh, death count on both sides. Um, turns out it was just one side. Um, mm. but yeah, now it's, it's, I, I feel like we won't totally know everything until, you know, years after, um, it ends and the history books are written, but it, for the time being, it does seem like the Biden administration is getting what they want, which is, uh, a stalemate, right? A new Afghanistan. Is it Pascal, is that what they want? That's the question I want to ask. Is that do people believe that this is going to be turned into a political victory for Biden in terms of electorally in 2024, where he comes to the point where he can actually campaign as this being a success? Or is the economic fallout caused by the Ukraine war in terms of inflation and other things going to have such a bad taste in the mouth of American citizens that their resentment for this being a kind of you know, economic boondoggle will uh, have political consequences in 2024 what say my guess would be that they don't really care that much about what the american public thinks about the war they're thinking about this uh in a long-term capacity and you know the the blob uh seems to want to get russia pulled into this i don't know what maybe cuba has a better take on it though uh i think that especially during um Obama's administration, there was a disconnect on Russia policy between uh, the president and the blob. I mean, that's how we have the term. That's what he called it when he was frustrated with um, the institutional uh, willfulness, right, of everybody who carries out policy that... um, even when they get clear orders from the top, they don't like what it is, then they'll slow walk it and sabotage it. Um, and like consider the Iran nuclear deal or the uh, end of the Cuban embargo. When Trump reversed them, there was no real impetus to go back to what was described as Obama's great diplomatic achievement. Um, I think that the blob is... Um, very comfortable with this situation, but nervous about escalation, uh, which they should be. Um, I think that the American public hasn't necessarily linked the war in Ukraine with um, inflation and economic pain. Um, That gets more personalized into Joe Biden for some reason. Um, like, oh, it's Democrats are bringing bad times rather than this is directly related to how much we're spending uh, in Ukraine Um, and sanctions and and everything else. But um, I 
feel like we, um, if they're, this isn't necessarily a win, uh, partly because it elevates Russia. Before this war, uh, the United States couldn't really um, score points beating Russia in an operation because they had convinced everybody that Russia was a second rate power. If beating um, Russia or saving Ukraine can be portrayed as some kind of real geopolitical victory, then that elevates, um, that kind of implies a reduced role in the globe for the United States. But one thing I can say is I bet Zelensky does some photo ops, um, and I bet that helps. He's on net. He's on David Letterman's show on Netflix now. Doing what? Oh, really? Yeah, the uh, he... my next guest. I think it's called. He's one of. They oh, he's just like... the interviewee. Yeah. Is he wearing yeah. that damn green T-shirt still? <laughs> I think. So. I mean, he's got to commit to the brand. I think. He, yeah. Yeah. I mean. I, yeah. I, I can't hate him. Right. Like he's he's doing well. He's making the most of his opportunity. Right. Like, I mean, uh, yeah, this is always what he wanted to do. I mean, Naomi actually watched his show, uh, which yeah. was about it's becoming... really funny. Actually, was it about research? <laughs> <laughs> was it for no, research servant for of me? the yeah. Oh, was it research for me? Um, yeah. I, I guess I was curious and I, yeah, I wanted to see what it was all about. And I did know the premise. It's uh, that a high school teacher goes viral in a uh, rant, uh, you know, blaming all these politicians for corruption. And then he, uh, you know, becomes president and has to face all these difficult situations and tries to, you know, uh, orchestrate, um, like busts of the oligarchs and in Ukraine and everything. It's really interesting from that perspective. And it's like, it's, it's so funny. He has like historical characters come back like Che uh, and like, he's hallucinating these historical characters and they're always so funny. Um, I really did want to hate it, but it's, it's really good. It sounds I like that actually black, recommend it. <laughs> it sounds like that black mirror episode where the, the avatar was was going to win a political position. I forget if it was president or not. But oh um, yeah, yeah like first season. It was, um, yeah, first it was the third episode of the first season, um, and it was like remember. a mascot that was doing the. Um... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was he was making fun of. Either it was a. I want to say congressman, but it's it's different. They're a parliament member or P and MP. Right. Yeah, it was or an MP. MP. Yeah. Um, but moving on, last last talking point, and I'm sure you guys have a lot to say about this. What do you think about the political performance of the Dems this year? Uh, did the Dems hang their hat on GOP repulsion to the fear uh, and the fear of returning neo-fascism to do much better than uh, what pundits were saying uh, on both sides of the political aisle, that it was going to be a uh, a GOP uh, wipeout of the Democratic Party during this midterm election, and that wasn't necessarily the case. So, were the Democrats were the was the, <laughs> sorry was the Democratic Party able to campaign on anti-abortion laws and fears of January sixth to 
kind of hold steady during a pretty milk toast at best midterm? I think if you look at the demographics of the actual voters, and you realize that there was a bump and in increase of voter turnout for the youth vote, particularly considering that it was a midterm, it illustrates that certain core issues caught the attention of the electorate that normally would not have caused them to come out, particularly and vote for Democrats. I think one of those key points was the overturn of Roe v. Wade by the Supreme Court and the overall repulsion over the state initiatives by the Republicans to uh, curtail uh, 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 reproductive freedom as well as uh, uh, transgender issues as well. I think that those things resonate a lot more with the youth vote than people realize. And that drove a larger turnout to actually give the Democrats a bit of a respite at the polls that normally I don't think was deserved. I don't think they deserved to actually avoid a red a, a red wave. I think they actually had governed so poorly up until that point that um, it would have been merited for the Republicans to really stomp them in the teeth. But they were saved by the fact that, as usual, Republicans in the reactionary right overplayed their hand and caused people to come out and uh, fear the return of the fash, I guess, as some would say. You've mentioned nothing about Black Girl Magic. <laughs> black Girl Magic? Is a, no, the wow. Black Girl class is very happy. That's a very important point. Uh, uh, are, you, is he, are you saying Pascal's sexist? Yes. Wow. Very. Oh, no, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Pascal. No, the black oh, I'm class sorry. was very happy because they did well. Listen, they got Warnock in Georgia. They got Hakeem Jeffries, who's now going to be the uh, the, the the minority leader. He's our he's our congressman. Yeah, yeah he's worse than Nancy Pelosi. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. I like him heavily. Uh, <laughs> Um, they got uh, they got also they got a, 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 a governor in Maryland. What's his name? Uh, Westmore. Uh, so they, it's it's the the role of the black political class in obfuscating race as a tool to actually do the work of corporate Democrats under the charade of racial kinship politics has somewhat expanded and given them a little bit more legitimacy. That's why I'm not surprised that Brittany Griner gets released right after the midterms because mm -hmm. it actually, it's kind of like a tit for tat. It's like, you know, Joe, we came out for you, particularly in Georgia. We came out for you in certain, you know, in certain key states, you know, now you got to do one for us. So it's interesting for me to see how uh, the black political class who has always been on the right flank of the Democratic Party working against progressives has expanded its footprint within the coalition of the Democratic Party and what that's actually going to mean in the long term as well. And Black Girl Magic is definitely an important part of that because you have people like Stacey Abrams who are working on electoral strategy and you also have this kind of uh, narrative being pushed out that Black women disproportionately vote for the Democratic Party at higher rates than anyone else. So that, that politics is very much in play as well. So M. Toussaint... You were correct to actually make me uh, put that out there. I think we're going to see a lot of black female candidates coming from the right. Then They're, the Republicans are going to try to do the same thing. Candace Owens, you know, <laughs> somebody. Actually, you know, it's a really good point that you make because there was an article written by uh, a political scientist named Joe Loans, who's actually who's arguing that 
the Republicans are using their own type of identity politics to counter the Democrats to try to expand into diversity. They're having a lot more success with Latinos, but they're even doing it with black candidates as well. Yeah, they can find some lunatic to represent Dash. them. Stacey Dash. Yeah. Oh, no. Stacey Dash. It's so sad. <laughs> oh, no. R.I.P. <laughs> Stacey Dash. Yeah. Wait, did she die? No. In no. my no. mind. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I was, woof. I was like, oh, no. R.I.P. as we knew her. Yeah. I mean, how did yeah. we know her? From Clueless? Clueless from is a great Clueless, movie. Yeah. Or from Richard Pryor's Moving. I mean, <laughs> I remember moving. <laughs> same character. Yeah, I was gonna say same character. Like, what <laughs> movie do we remember from? Or was she in a Kanye video? Yes, I could see it her being in one. It all falls down. It all falls down. Really? Yeah. She was in that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. she yep. was the uh, sophomore three years. Or <laughs> car. Yeah, so she named <laughs> yeah. her daughter Alexis. Damn, that that man, that album hit real close to home for you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could uh, I could see her being in a, a modern Kanye video pretty soon. Oh yeah. Yeah, what's the way things are going? But, uh, yeah. Um yeah. I mean it's <laughs> it seems like the the strategy uh, that a lot of Democrats had, because I remember, you know, before the the votes in the during the primary season, um, there were a lot of concerns about Democratic strategists were actually pumping money into these MAGA like QAnon campaigns, uh, and it, it is playing with fire. Um, but I think in a lot of cases they were actually successful, and that they, you know, even hardcore Republican like districts, you you put these people out, and they're just you know so absurd that even hardcore republicans are going to go going to vote for them uh you know herschel walker i think is an example of that as well trump back candidates who even masters yeah yeah Yeah. um but that is a very you know not a tenable strategy or a sustainable thing to fall back on you know i think democrats actually have to build a base and you know be curious to see if the republicans rediscover the value of mitt romney as a result mm, yes because if yes. you had yes. those yes. kinds of candidates if you had I mean, if trump dies because they're just going to be so embarrassed on, the, on i don't think trump stage. can be i don't think trump could beat mitt romney in a primary i don't think trump can be killed that's interesting, that's interesting i feel like we should put money on this <laughs> i don't i think i think the trump experiment is a failure the people still holding on to the trump experiment under but, these are fringe members of society we're in a country here's the thing Go ahead. you're mm-hmm. describing literally every movement uh in american politics um in the last 20 years like mm-hmm. reagan was the maybe clinton and the neoliberal wing that was the mm-hmm. last time anybody won everything else um every legacy every ideological orientation politics is nothing but a graveyard of movements that won't stay dead Mm-hmm. And the uh, weird, um, socially marginalized, brain poisoned people that actually give a shit about this rather than mm-hmm. living their lives. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's the lunatics who are the most engaged. Precisely. Like, you have to have yeah. a broken brain to want to be reading the news every day. Precisely. So you should expect some crazy. Well, think about it. Trump is always going to be the COVID president. Mm. Yeah. Really? You know, yeah, 
Yeah, but everybody sees Fauci as responsible for the lockdowns and all mm -hmm. the sure. right. Yeah, the they they have different. it parsed out and they have it compartmentalized like it's and, and the right yeah, people I don't hate think... him, right? Like mm -hmm. so he triggers libs like nobody else. You don't even get yeah. that from DeSantis, the like yeah. really good. Uh, but the the joke is up, and no one's like when you don't have. Here's the thing. We have some entertainers on the screen. Everybody understands hype. And when you're in entertainment, music, comedy, whatever the fuck you do, you hate hype, <laughs> right? You want it and you hate it at the same time because hype doesn't last forever. Hype fades. That was a hype election. Yeah. There was no substance there. You could say the same thing about Obama. And we can all talk about how much we don't like Obama, but there was some sort of substance there. And he was coming in after the guy who was a fool. Everybody hated Bush in 2004. And he was the fool that people, let's impeach Bush. Do you remember those, mm -hmm. those calls to impeach Bush? I so Obama the was the adult in the room. Trump's, the hype is over. The hype train died. I hear what you're saying about hype, but I would not underestimate the motivation power of resentment and the opportunity to get back at um, if all you people. have, if all you have, and, and and you know what? Ask the nearest black person you can find in Canada that isn't African. If all you have, both of them, if all you have <laughs> is silly rhetorical victories. You will be angry. And that's all people have is rhetorical victories in Donald Trump. Working class didn't win shit. You didn't get tax shit back. Nothing you got nothing out of that. All you got was pissing off, you know, the white chick at your job that has a Black Lives Matter sticker and her kid dates a minority. That's all you got out of it. You pissed off that person. But isn't but that, that true of all Republican? administration no. most you know in general no. no nobody to that level like donald trump really went out there and was like this person is retarded <laughs> these black folks what do you say these people he i'm building a wall fuck these motherfuckers everybody else said that shit with some sort of you know double speak not him so if all you have is rhetorical victories what are you really hanging your hat on for him to come back and save you from? He didn't save you from shit last time. But I don't I know. He that... designed those checks we got during the pandemic. <laughs> I still have mine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I also don't With think his that... name on it. I don't think that his appeal to his own voters is that he's going to save them. Um, the They imagine that they're strong market successful individuals that you know don't need any saving and a lot of them have secure uh, middle class positions mm -hmm. like uh, small businessmen in some mm -hmm. kind of regulated industry or something or landowners and so um for them it's not about uh it's about being able to sort of protect what you have which uh, then ends up being translated as excluding people that I, I fear are threatening. Um, and Trump, hey, he gave you the Muslim ban. 
Okay, uh, that but was you, know, so but you know what? You know what? Look, Mitt Romney or, or Ron DeSantis, these are adults. And if I am small businessman Joe and I, and I think I know everything, show me a small business person and I think I know everything, right? Mm. Am I li- if I'm lying, I'm dying. So who would you rather have? You already experimented with the idiot that literally walked off a reality TV show set into the Oval Office and failed. Don't you want a governor like the good old days? How much do you want to bet? The February of next year, Fox News starts talking about the fact that no governors have been elected president in the last 12 years. And there's some strong candidates coming out of Florida. And let's look at all the wonderful things that have happened in Florida. That's going to change the discussion. Trump Sanders, not being on Twitter. Change he's, the discussion. Already pulling well. he's already polling well. Oh, Sanders is already polling well right now. In the uh, primaries or in the general election too? Against Trump and in the general. Even yeah. against Biden. The um, I Gross. I don't uh, I'm not disagreeing uh, that Trump could lose, but I'm not ready to say that he couldn't win, right? Like he's good at fighting from a position of weakness. He mm-hmm. came out of nowhere, or right, like he managed to outdo an entire gaggle, you know, clown car of Republicans in uh, mm-hmm. his first primaries, mm-hmm. and. Um, he also, I wouldn't pass, I wouldn't put it past him to like strategically back out at the last minute and some kind of weird deal. Like fuck um, everything. Yeah. Um, I just wouldn't count him out because there he's got, um, non-trivial number of ride loyalists. Um, mm-hmm. and some of them are pretty dangerous. It's a few things that can't win. And I've been wrong before. I've been divorced twice. (laughs) So the Clippers, the Bills, Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump. Those things can't win. Well, I agree with you on Hillary Clinton. I knew that for (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry. Sorry. Stacey Abrams. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) To, To quote Josh Allen, okay. (laughs) (laughs) very niche niche, uh reference there but i mean i just think back to 2015 where you remember that uh panel trump did with frank luntz where he he was asked about john mccain um critical (laughs) of him and he said (laughs) he said he's not a war hero yeah and that was the first point where i think you know and i remember all the headlines after that was like it's over trump is done yeah. Uh, and that was the first point when you, you know, you realize that uh, the rules of political gravity don't apply to this guy. There's just no yeah. until you lose until you lose until you lose. And that's the other thing is, and I'm, you know, I don't know uh, to call if I can call it either way because I think that the big takeaway, the big meta, gen, you know, generational, decade long takeaway could simply be that Hillary Clinton ran a terrible campaign and was a terrible candidate. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's the only Maybe. takeaway. But again, there's, there's a few yeah. things that can't win. <laughs> the Clippers, <laughs> the Bills, Stacey Abrams. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> what if you put Trump up against Stacey Abrams? 
Ooh. It's a draw. That could happen. <laughs> yeah. It's a draw. Yeah. And then <laughs> the presidential election is going into overtime. <laughs> and they'll do penalty kicks to figure out who's president. The first time in American history. We were... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they would yeah, have to like have Pete some sort of judge scores the winning goal. If you put Trump up against Stacey Abrams, no one would vote. That would be (laughs) that one would vote. Really confusing. (laughs) What is she gonna? What is she gonna do now? What do you guys think? Oh, she's gonna go work for a think tank and make lots of money. She's gonna work for CNN. Talk about it all the time she lost. <laughs> I was running my campaign and getting the people out and energizing the voting base. Yeah. I mean, she could be a lobbyist too. Um, there's, uh, she's, you know, sorry, didn't make it to the major leagues, but you, um, triple A champion is not bad. Mm. Yeah. Did, did I do the sports right? You did the <laughs> I think so. Yes. Yes. I mean, if we're saying with football, she'd be in the XFL, I think. But <laughs> yes, yes, that is a thing I know about. Those they are two. Or the Canadian backup, football league, the two backup quarterbacks in the Canadian league. That's what they are. They're backup quarterbacks in the Canadian league. I just don't see Donald Trump really being a true political challenge for some of these more. I want to say it's serious candidates in the GOP. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you feel, MT? You left out the part where he was robbed, man. <laughs> totally. I, I think there's totally an under, one. Yeah. I think there's an underestimation of how much people were triggered that aren't politically involved, like Noma was talking about, by January 6th. I mean, that's kind of a shocking thing to see in the modern era. I mean, this wasn't yeah. a protest about civil liberties and the right to be free in america this was literally because they felt some guy fucking one that didn't and it, it was yeah. to see yeah but on the other hand after you know swallowing years of clinton hillary clinton talking about how the his election his winning election was illegitimate and influenced by the russians and you can see how it it kind of ricocheted off the Republican base and came back. Yeah, the pattern was set, right? Like, yeah, it's and- that's. I mean, that's kind of my like. I'm a not afraid, but I I'm really like pessimistic about what's going to happen with this next next election. Like, how people are going to say. It's we're just going to be constantly harangued with news about how, um, you know, there was some, you know, there were wet ballots sent in the mail or something like something totally ridiculous that we're going to have to hear about for years and years. And and it's just going to be the same like the Republicans are and definitely Trump was playing the same game that. Hillary Clinton played against him after he won. Um, so I've been um, following American politics basically my whole life. Spent a lot of time in the U.S. and Washington, uh, and just thinking about it all and the trajectory that we're on. Um, 
Have you considered secession? personally, <laughs> I would like to secede from my apartment. No, um, <laughs> I'm not sure where you live. You know, get some friends, right? Like, there are some great state flags out there. I wouldn't mind seeing them at the Olympics. I mean, yeah, it, it's not a bad idea. I feel like if if somebody has the energy to. If somebody has the energy, if California, somebody in California has the en- energy to make this happen for the, I don't know, states above the Mason-Dixon line, sure. I don't think anyone in California it. has the energy to do I that. I mean, look at the Czech Republic <laughs> and Slovakia. They're friends now, right? It's cool. They didn't have a Yugoslavia-type uh civil war to sort well, things out in the, in the late 90s and early 2000s there was all that texas talk about succession remember that right like alaska texas. too they've been talking about that since they became a state hella angry nobody cares about all eight it's of, cold. of course they're angry. yeah it's i cold. mean you've got a small population a huge amount of oil and a mm-hmm. bunch of american air force bases uncle sam is not letting you out the door sorry yeah. complain all you want well, that's the yeah. thing is this, the system is designed so nothing can happen, uh, including secession. Uh, someone in the comments mentioned Staten Island, which actually voted to secede, as I, I'm sure Pascal remembers this from the in 93. Staten Island right. voted to secede from New York City. And because of that, in large part, Rudy Giuliani was elected on those coattails. And that and was put on the ballot by Mario Cuomo. Right. And then uh, the state assembly just said, nah, and they just didn't let it happen. So I feel like... <laughs> it, was a poison pill. it was a poison pill put on by Marion Cole to sabotage David Dinkins intentionally. Oh, I see. Mm. Interesting. Would you please Wait, how did that happen? Mario, when David Dinkins got elected in 89, Mario Cuomo, as governor of the state of New York, put made sure that if for the next election, there would be a ballot initiative for Staten Island, which is the most reactionary borough of the five boroughs, to succeed from the city of New York. He did that because he knew that it would cost uh, uh, Dinkins votes and it would open the door for Giuliani to act to Giuliani to win the uh, mayoralty, even though they were both from two different parties. One was a Democrat, one was a Republican. Oh, it was pure ethnic politics. Hmm. Mm. Take that succession. Oh, I would love to see Staten Island go. No ferry. They're not. You don't like they're the not ferry? coming to my comedy shows. Oh. <laughs> That's what it's really about. <laughs> they can have the same deal as Cuba, right? That's also an island. Yeah. Naomi, where are you going to be comedy wise as we wrap up this main show? Um, I've been watching you on um, Instagram. You have your little. Oh, yeah. I'm posting a lot of free jokes on Instagram because unfortunately that is. (laughs) Yeah, that is a lot of what comedy has become. A lot of people are just posting all of their material and seeing uh, seeing what kind of following they can get. But I will be in the flesh tomorrow at 7 p.m. at the Comedy Cellar. And don't give anyone Friday. any wrong ideas within the flesh. I think that yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean nude? I knew she, I, I, I thought she meant via Zoom. I was like, nobody oh, thinks that she's gonna be nude doing well, in the flesh. I'm thinking of all the serial killers. 
and oh, stalkers Jesus. listening who will. Oh, you hungry. have a dark. You're oh, going to some dark places, Anders. I'm too much crime. Oh my god! I just think of her her uh, <laughs> fans. She. Wow. So tell me what you really think of her fans, right? I'm just saying that if you say the word flesh, you might trigger all of those serial killers and perverts. Her fans. Too much true crime. Too much true crime, man. No, I have a great joke about true crime. I saw the true crime joke. And I was so mad because I was like, this motherfucker's over here talking about me. And then when I saw your ass, you supposed to be on the show. I was like, this son of a bitch kept over here talking shit about me and true crime. So I got to get Naomi back for clowning me on the true crime joke. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I, look, I've watched a fair amount of comedy and I find you pretty funny, but Oh, I, find, I find Anders pretty funny as well because I've hung out with Anders and he made me giggle. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Anders oh. is a really funny stand-up too. So his fans are... Hot damn American <laughs> <laughs> She said, and his fan. <laughs> <laughs> she fan speaks of herself. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Naomi and his mom. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> Don't listen to the booze. You're funny. Oh, his mom hates his comedy. That is what that is what makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah. Really? She wanted you to be a dancer. I know you talk about dancing. Oh, no. uh she just she, hates food subject matter. She considers crap a swear word. So, oh, yeah. Oh, you're, you're like, and Anders um, has a joke about masturbating. Oh, oh right. she's from Jesus the adorable part. I can go to your house for Christmas. It's not Jesus. <laughs> she's just embarrassed. <laughs> I just want to she's be at the house for dinner. She's a lapsed Catholic, so that. Oh, okay. I just want to be there and start up fights for no reason at the at the dinner. <laughs> <laughs> you can do that. I'm sure you could make that happen. Well, look, I have no one's gonna love me on Christmas, so I'll be more than happy to go to uh, the Twin Cities. I love it there. <laughs> I know what frostbite's like. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah. If you are, if anyone is in the Twin Cities on around Christmas, you got to show a bright like bowl uh, called White Elephant. It's gonna be a stand-up variety show on twelve twenty-seven at uh, eight p.m. That's my plug. And Pod Damn America, of course. Well, wherever you're listening to the show, there will be links in the description to Naomi and Anders' stand-up performances because they're going to give us links and we're going to put them in the description because I don't think Jean Bajlan did. Oh, you can't do everything. Why can't he? You've seen that ponytail. It is the ponytail that holds <laughs> him back sometimes. has two small children. And a wife. That that a job that. Is like wow. magic. <laughs> and an AI obsession. Yeah, between the ponytail. <laughs> and uh, and actually, Gene has me having an AI obsession now. So on that note, we are going to be going to the champagne room where we're going to open up the phone lines. You guys can comment. What do you think about Brittany Griner? What do you think about the Democratic Party and the upcoming 2024 election? What do you think about Russia, Ukraine? 
We want to hear it. We want to know. Another political prisoner we didn't mention was Assange. Ooh. His extradition Ooh. got approved this year. Oh, yeah. So he's oh, that's, right that's, that's I yeah I should have brought it up. I feel really bad. <laughs> wow. No, uh, I mean thank you for yeah. And, that, and you call yourself a comic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to America, save your baby. best material. For yeah, the it's your job, goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and on that note, we are out. Funny. <laughs> <laughs>